Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Welcome to a very special Election Day NCAA preview, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. If you haven't gotten out to vote, go vote. Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer, NCAA, Syracuse, Maryland, probably not making the Final Four this year, but we're happy to discuss this. 760-283-0846. Seth arriving on the red eye last night. Welcome to my world, sir. Yeah, but there's, there's a bit of a difference. Uh, yes, I took I took the red eye. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. The red eye in, but you didn't have a a 15 month old uh, that you were de- that you were dealing with on the flight. No, no, that was yours. That's by choice. So I'm definitely there. I, 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 I completely understand. Completely understand what you're the lack of sleep that you may get, and Seth is incredibly sleep deprived today. So we will hold no predictions against him. As we never do, anyway. But um, when he picks Maryland to go to the well, when he when he picks Maryland to go to the Final Four, everybody, we know that's sleep deprivation. We also know that um, he's a homer, but so am I. So that makes two of us. Um, before we get to the NCAA preview, I'd first like to take a moment and tell people to go out and vote. It is your obligation. I'm a lawyer. I mean. Nothing more than the last. Yeah, I'm a lawyer. And the law (laughs) basically says that you are allowed to vote. And there are, no matter what type of politics you have, no matter if you're left-leaning, right-leaning, centrist, moderate, conservative, liberal, it is your time to make a decision. It is your time to, to put your thoughts into a ballot and cast your vote and tell the American people and the American public what what you want out of your government. And I'll tell you right now, I thoroughly believe that if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. Absolutely none. If you didn't vote in last year's uh, presidential election, I don't want to hear from you. If you're not voting on today's mayor and then you go and complain in New York elections, I don't want to hear from you. Well, uh, let, I just think... Let me ask you, though. Am, am I allowed yeah. to complain about the Blasio? No, you don't. You, you, what are you complaining about? Well, that the homeless is up like eight thousand percent. That they never clear snow in the in, in Manhattan. Manhattan is probably the lesser of the five, the least priority of the five boroughs. For you know, the corruption is pretty bad. Wait, uh, you think Manhattan's the least? You think Manhattan has the least priority of the five boroughs? I think it is under de Blasio. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, okay. Again, it doesn't really impact, doesn't particularly impact me anymore. Um, well, and I think but, that's my point, right? So it doesn't impact you. So do you have a right to complain? Uh, I, I guess. But you also have, uh, ab- yeah. but here's I mean, the thing. When I, when you have no right to vote. You have no right to vote on New York. Right. So what I'm saying no. is if you have a right to vote in New York. And you don't vote in New York. Vote for change, vote to stay the same. You don't have that right. You have no right to complain. 
That's my point. So if you have the right to get him out, if that's your choice, and I voted for de Blasio. So if, if it, let's put it this way. If I voted against de Blasio or for him, whatever, I have a right to complain one way or another. Because I live here, I did my civic duty, I believe that I had the vote to change if I really wanted to change, and I took it. For those that, come, that live in New York that have the right to vote and that have the right to express their feelings finally and can make a difference and don't vote, no, you have no right. I don't have a right to complain about the Jersey governor, whoever it is. I don't even know if, if that's up for election this year, is it? Thank God, yes. Chris, Chris Christie with his 20% approval rating. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy that he, he is up for election this year. And did you vote? I will be I will be going to vote later this afternoon. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So anyway, that's just my little moral statement. First five minutes. Prob- you won't hear about it again this, this year. Promise. But you will hear it next year and the year after whenever we have an election day or a special election. Okay, moving forward. Dodgers lose the World Series, and yet they did a very classless, classful thing yesterday. And they put a front page, uh, not a front page, a full page ad in the Houston Chronicle congratulating the Astros on their World Series win. I don't remember that ever happening. I think that was a very classy thing to do. It was. Um, a fun yeah. series, a really good series. You know, culminating with Carlos Correa proposing a la Ian Johnson from Boise State uh, a few years ago after beating Oklahoma. But um, a really, really fun series. The, last, the game six really did, you know, game five really ended up being, as we kind of figured, the catalyst, kind of the catalyst for it. Although they beat Verlander in game six. Game seven, uh, Houston cruised behind Really, a journeyman in Charlie Morton, who I didn't realize was like 34 years old, and who was brilliant in the last four innings of Game 7. And the Dodgers were just unable to get a hit, simply simply put. Yeah, and it, for those that look at Clayton Kershaw and say that he hasn't won a title, look, at look he had, he had a bad game in Game 4, uh, Game 5, excuse me, no question about it. But look at what he did in game one and look at what he did in game seven. And if they had won, it would have been due to Kershaw. Because when he came in in game seven, those bats for Houston just stopped. He was dominant in game seven, the same way he was in game one, uh, circa Madison Baumgartner from a couple of years back. Great relief performance. But the, the fact is, this ain't on Kershaw. This is on the, this is on the Dodger bats. They just didn't show up in, yeah. in Game Six or in Game Seven. No, they were able. I mean, they were able to win Game Six, even though. But right, Game Seven, the biggest game, you know, the biggest game of probably all their lives. They just, they did nothing. And as we said, it wasn't Verlander who ran them through on. I mean, Kershaw. It wasn't Kershaw. No, it wasn't. Ver, I mean, no, I mean, it wasn't Verlander pitching in his prime pitching Game Seven. It wasn't right. No, an all-time great pitcher. It was a pitcher that was McCullers, who was taken out after two after two innings and change. And you know they have two all-stars, all-star pitchers in Verlander and Dallas Keuchel. Neither one pitched because, simply put, they didn't need him to because they they made Charlie Morton look like Juan Marshall. 
Sorry, I came, I came from the, <laughs> the uh, AT&T, AT&T well Park done. Uh, tour. AT&T Park tour. So I'm in the San Francisco state of mind. Um, and, you know, Houston did more than enough. Springer was fantastic. He'll, you know, he will be good. You know, and we were, people were talking about how the Yankees, and again, we're, in, we're obviously based out of New York, how the Yankees, you know, which are going to be in great shape going forward and this and that. I look around the American League. Cleveland is really, really good. Houston is really, really good. Boston should be very good. The Yankees don't exactly – I mean, the Yankees look, look, look like they have a lot of potential going forward. But the Yankees don't exactly have a free ride for the next no. couple of years in this American League. The American League on the top is stacked. Yep. Even if you look at it and – I mean, not even if you look at it. While you look at it, these teams, each of them have questions. I mean, and they're legitimate questions. And I, I'd say the Yankees – probably have more questions than any of them. And a lot of them are based on, look, Aaron Judge had a great year. But Aaron Judge went through a really, really bad time. And he became the equivalent of Pedro Serrano for about a month and a half. Did he figure it out? Did pitchers figure him out? Next year will be very telling about Aaron Judge, I I have a feeling. I mean, does he cut down on the strikeouts and increase the productivity or have pitchers is he the equivalent of a full season of Kevin Moss and I'm not saying either one uh, he's a better player than Moss he plays right field he's a better player or left field he's a better player than Moss athletically but then you're relying on a whole lot of young kids for the Yankees that are once again prospects and pitching is always going to be the issue just wholeheartedly Luis Severino is he a one-year wonder? He was brought up in the top three for the Cy Young this year, so kudos to him on that. But beyond him, you have a staff that is a lot of prospects or a lot of question marks. And the same goes through with just about all the other teams as well. It's not just the Yankees. I'm just saying I'm agreeing with you. There is no anointment of the next dynasty right now. It takes a lot to get to the World Series. The Cubs saw yeah. that this year. Everybody was anointing them. They didn't make it. I mean, you play 162 games, then several others to make it to the World Series. It's not a fait accompli by any stretch. No, it's not. Um, but as you said, congratulations to Houston, a town, you know, a likable team, a town that really needed a champion, and with Deshaun Watson out for the year with a torn ACL. They're not getting it in football for a while. No, that's true. One of the more exciting players in the NFL going down in practice. Yeah, practice. You're talking about practice. Yeah. Well, practice still does exist. And the interesting thing was, again, non-contact injury. So you're not looking at, hey, he shouldn't have been hit, blah, 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 blah. Football's a weird sport. Sports are just weird when it comes to injuries. You can have an injury by twisting your knee the wrong way when you pivot. And here's just a non-contact injury that knocks out one of the more exciting players. And I'd like to bring up this supposition. We look at quarterbacks that are mobile. And those quarterbacks have injuries. Now, I understand that some players are a lot different than others. 
and some have different makeups than others. And you have your Donovan McNabbs, who was able to play a very long time. But Donovan was 6'3 and 240. Then you have your Dante Culpeppers, who had one injury, and that was the end of him. And you have, I hate to say it, Robert Griffin. One injury, and that was the end of him. I don't want this to be the end of Deshaun Watson, but you have to ask yourself, a torn ACL, he's had one already. Is this going to affect what could be one of the more exciting players in the NFL? We don't know the answer to that, but it's definitely something that you have to look at and say it could definitely uh, affect him going forward. It could. There's no question about it. Um, and, we'll, you know, we'll know. Obviously, Houston is on bated breath. And this is a team that has a very solid defense, a decent running game. And DeAndre Hopkins looked rejuvenated and looked like the best receiver in football uh, under Watson. And even Will Fuller, who has very few catches, but seems like the average yardage per catch was over 20 yards. Um, It really rejuvenated a franchise that was making the playoffs really based upon their, their division more than anything else rather than the caliber of their actual team. Um, this is a team, you know, J.J. Watt's been, has been hurt throughout the – has been hurt. You know, Whitney Rosellis has been hurt. But they, they've always had a solid defense. The offense has not been able to match up. And this gave them, you know, in a, in a year where everyone concedes, their parity is, is paramount. Not that too many people saw, I think, Houston going to the Super Bowl – but they were not a team anyone wanted to play. And this really kind of brings them right back to the middle of the pack. But that division is still up there for the taking. I mean, there is nobody. Yeah. In, we, we've called that division the worst division in football for a while, and it really is. I mean, the Colts are without Andrew Luck, not that Jacoby Brissett is, is having a bad year by any stretch, but that that team is awful. I mean, both sides of the ball, That it's – it's President and T.Y. Hilton on the offense, and the defense is nobody. I mean, there's nobody on that defense. Everybody's gotten hurt. So then you have Jacksonville, which you're not really ever sure what you have at Jacksonville. Jacksonville kind of reminds you of what the Giants were in 86, where they just want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and play great defense. But they're not throwing the ball at all. And sooner or later, when it comes to playoff time, you're going to have teams that are just going to stack the box and hope Blake Bortles becomes, well, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. And throws, yeah, well, we, so, I mean, overall that division is kind of weak, and they still have a chance in it. That that division may not have a team over 500 at all. Yeah. I mean, my assumption, my feeling would be if we had to make a decision today, uh, I, I would probably go with Jacksonville. To win that to win that division, but it's certainly not something. It's certainly not something I'm holding my breath on. Nope. And you got Tennessee always there, and Tennessee is a surprisingly good team, but an average team. They've actually scored 181 points, and they've given up 193. When you have a point differential in the minus, that's not good tidings going forward. That's not. It, 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 I mean. There's nothing good about that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. The expectation. And then you have the expectation. Yeah. 
for Tennessee, I guess, I think was a bit overrated coming in. And, you know, as we're halfway through the season, we can, you, it's not difficult to tell Mariota is kind of stagnated. The running game is solid. Defense hasn't been very good. And, you know, I, I wonder, and this is when they kept Malarkey, you know, not that I think he'll be the first coach gone, because I certainly think there are a couple other ones who are well, who are much further along those lines. This doesn't feel like a team that is improving at the way they need to, to get towards their event, towards the Super Bowl goal. To be fair, they just got back their first-round pick in Corey Davis, who had a great game this past weekend. So sometimes one player, whether it be a wide receiver or a running back, that instills that kind of extra extra option could turn the team around. So so this, it's something to look forward to. And then you have, and um, we're about, we are, we're halfway through the NFL season. Most teams have played eight games. Some teams have played nine so you're looking at the last place teams in the East. I mean, let's just go through this. The last place team in the East, AFC East, is the Jets, but they're four and five. That's a surprise. A surprise to both of us. We definitely did not think that they might not have four wins the whole year. Unfortunately, no. I thought they were going negative. I, I thought they were going negative one and seventeen. Yeah, so, I think I picked them at is. five and eleven just to mess with me. And yeah, here we are. You have Cleveland at 0-8. I mean, we're not going to go on the bigger teams because there's really no surprises at the top. But, look, I I take full – I'm very happy that I take, I take credit in this. Denver is 3-5. and five. I had you Denver in last one. place. I did pick Denver in last place. And they don't look like they're going anywhere. I mean, Simeon was a, couldn't, couldn't hit anything on his own team. Looks like Brooks Osweiler is the same thing couple of weeks, I bet you you're going to see Paxton Lynch in there. Well, they may they have to, to see draft Paxton another quarterback. They, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you picked Paxton Lynch in the first round for a reason. Now, he's been beaten out by Trevor Simeon previously, but you got to kind of see what you have. I and agree. they, because if you can't start them now with a defense of this size, with the res- solid receivers, a decent running game, if it's not going to happen now, when is it going to happen for this guy? Now, to be fair, Lynch has been hurt. He's finally healthy yeah. this past week. So, to be fair, you you can't fault him for not being there yet. But, right. but if you're Denver, you you got to take by, a look. He had been he had been beaten out by Simeon in preseason. He was beaten out in all absolutely as a rookie. You know with that and Simeon. It's not like Simeon was putting up Aaron Rodgers numbers. Um, no, I, I agree with you. Wholeheartedly agree with you. Unfor- uh, unfortunately for our fantasy team, either did Brett Hundley. <laughs> Which leaves us... You know, Hundley didn't have position. a bad... Hundley didn't have a bad game. He scored 12 points. So, but, I, I believe... Was it was one of his scores on the last play of the game? No, that was Jamal Williams. No, that wasn't him. That was a running back that scored that game. That... that uh, touchdown so that was not him but the fact is look Brett Hundley is not Aaron Rodgers I think we all know that but better than Eli Manning right now I mean Hundley went for 26 for 38 with 245 yards had four for 22 rushing with the touchdown so he racks up what uh seven with the touchdown is 13 14 he had 15 points that's not a bad day and then you 
go over to the other side of the river or your side of the river and you have the Giants getting blown out, I mean blown out by the Rams, and is this the end of the line for Eli? I mean, I'm actually posing this question now. I'm not sure that it's not in the off season. I think this may be the end. Well, I have no idea. And here's the, and luckily I was as I was on I was in Alcatraz when this game was going. In a way, it looks like I probably would have rather been in jail than watch it. Um, no offensive line. The team has running back. The defense has been mediocre at best this year. So why not they all? I'm not, look, I've never been as big a Giants fan as I am. I've never really been a huge Eli guy, and I think I've made that pretty clear over the years. But I'm not sure this is the place to judge on it. And when they now they end up with a top five pick, which is where, considering what their schedule is, they may not win more than two games the rest of the year. Um, it's a very quarterback. Now, I've been on the stuff with Saquon bandwagon. Uh, but Saquon Barkley, the running back, intensely. Because I'm not a huge believer in even top five picks for offensive linemen. They're just getting way too many busts. And college coaches do not coach offensive line very well. Um, but it's such a strong quarterback. It's such a strong quarterback draft with probably Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Josh Allen and Luke Falk and Mason Rudolph coming out. I'm sorry, I was stuttering before. You know, if they end up with this top five pick and they can't get Barkley, I think you kind of – and you have no faith in Davis Webb, who they took with the third-round pick last year and we haven't seen much from. Um, I think you got to have to take a shot at one of those guys. Well, they have tried in the past with Webb and with Ryan Nassib, but – I think the but Nassib was the a new, fourth round pick. Webb was where, a third where, 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 where? My point is, if you're not going to play the guy, you can't draft him that high. You ju- you can't you can't put a first round pick on the bench. It doesn't happen. So if you're looking, at, look, it used to happen. It used to happen all the time. But. The last first-round quarterback that I remember that went to the bench was Paxton Lynch. But that wasn't because he wasn't given the opportunity. He just didn't take it. When's the last quarterback, first-round pick quarterback that you can recall that spent an entire year on the bench? We've heard concepts of it, like Treblinski. Yeah, that didn't work. There was three games and he's in. We've heard like I said, we've heard concepts of this happening, but it just doesn't work. You're taking a pick that high, you got to throw them in. So the concept is if you're going to take a first-round pick and throw it on a quarterback, Eli's gone. Are you ready to say goodbye to Eli? That's what it is. Am I ready to? I'm fine with getting – I'm fine with it. Well, um, you'd be fine with you playing quarterback over Eli, I think. So, I mean, you <laughs> think that the Giants are fine with it. I think the Giants are going to have a very – I think they're going to clean house after this year. I think Jerry Reese deservedly will be gone, and we talked about this last year. I think more and more I think Ben McAdoo is going to be gone because if this team with, that had Super Bowl aspirations is going to go 3-13 and 13 and seem, you know, has, seems to have lost the locker room, 
with suspensions to Cromartie and suspensions to Jim, to Jamaris Jenkins. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't more and more. It doesn't look like McAdoo was the right fit for this team as a head coach. I oh, it'll depend on who the, comes in. Can't imagine the only that thing someone's that going to want to come in and start with a 37 year old quarterback. I would agree. And the only thing I'd miss more than Cal Clutterbuck's mustache would be Ben McAdoo's mustache because that is fantastic. That is well-groomed, spot-on, straight out of Ron Jeremy from, like, the 1970s. Perfect. I love it. There you so, so, okay, so we build this as an NCAA preview show. We should probably talk a little bit about college basketball considering it's starting. Uh, Syracuse played their second exhibition game last night. Uh, they won cupcakes. I think it was Connecticut State. Yeah, I mean, come on. But we are talking college basketball at this point because it is November. It is getting cold. And soon we're not going to have the Jets or the Giants to root for, so we got to have something. Let me ask you this first. Does Maryland make the tournament? Yes. Okay. Does Syracuse make the tournament? I think that's a better question for you to answer than me. Oh, my I, gut would probably, okay. they're really on the precipice. I don't think I so, agree. but I, I'm not sure. I, I am going to go out on a limb and say that both of us will have a very disappointing March and that neither one of us will be making the tournament this year. And that is extremely disappointing. I hope that one of us does, or at least that gives somebody something to root for. But, I think both of us will just be looking at our pools. And the worst part is my trip isn't planned for March this year. It's planned for February. So <laughs> I won't even get to push that off. <sighs> anyway, no, I don't think Syracuse makes it. No, I don't think Maryland makes it. I have a Final Four already, So, but I think it's better to go through the various conferences and see where we are coming out at. Do you, before we start at that, do you have a player of the year? Let's go top to bottom. Let's start with the, the individual awards that we never get to first, and then we'll go to the, to the individual teams. So do you have a player of the year? Player of the year is Miles Bridges from Michigan State. You and I agree on this, which is scary again. Oh, you... uh, yeah, do you have a coach of the year? Andy Enfield from USC. So you think USC is going to have a, a, a top team this year? They're very talented. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at it for the – you're never going to give it to a Krzyzewski or a Calipari or – I was going to say a Patino, but you're certainly – or an, uh, you don't give it <laughs> to think? the team that has the, that has the overwhelming talent going in. But USC is going to be a top 10 team this year. They bring back just about everybody. And, you know, they're going to be better than their counterparts in Westwood. So I think they'll get some publicity. And I I think I'll go, you know, I I like kind of a little bit, you know, not per se under the radar, but not, not, not the, the, the lighthouse isn't beaming directly on them either. Okay. That's fair. So I think that Wichita state, is going to actually have a number one seed in the tournament this year. 
And if they have a number one seed in the tournament, I don't know how you don't give it to Greg Marshall. Well, didn't did Greg Marshall win it every time they were they were number one seed the last couple of years? They've been a one seed at least once before. I don't think they've ever think been a one win seed. Of course they were. They're undefeated. They lost to Kentucky. With with, with oh, uh, Van Fleet and uh, Ron Baker. And and the guy. The guy oh, the, oh, the got it right here. Seeding. Look, I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. But let me let me check here. Uh, Wichita seedings. Can I actually get a listing of the seedings here? Probably not. Uh, probably not. Well, I'll have to keep looking, but right now I can't. Uh, I think they will get the number one seed. I think they will, uh, and he will get, uh, here we go, seedings. Okay, 10, 11, 7. They were number one once when they lost to Kentucky. You are correct. In 2014, that is the only time they were a number one seed. In 2014, they were a 10 last year, 11, 7, 1, 9, 5, 7, 12, 11, 11. So they've only been number one seed once. I don't know if he won it that year. I can certainly check, but I believe that he will. They will be a number one seed this year, and thus he will win the uh, the coach of the year. And I would like to commend IPC, my own company, for now giving me December twenty second off. I did not know I was having that, and December twenty sixth. Happy days. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. We don't get the 22nd. That's the UK. We get the 26th. But an extra holiday day, definitely worth it. So you'll be seeing me in another continent, hopefully. Anyway, that being said, so I, I got I got uh, Marshall as the coach of the year. You got the player of the year. How about freshman of the year? Newcomer of the year. I don't know how you describe it anymore. I think it's freshman of the year. Yeah, it doesn't really make There's a difference. There's so many. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Um, well, freshmen are probably freshmen, right? I mean, it wouldn't yeah. matter whether they were one and done anyway. They're still freshmen. No, they're going to be a freshman class. I'm going to go with uh, with Trevon Duvall uh, from Duke. Okay, and I will go with Michael Porter from Missouri. Um, I think Duvall is going to get lost in the Duke ridiculous conglomerate of Marvin Bagley and numerous other recruits. Porter has Porter and his Porter brother. Has Porter and his brother. But, see, the thing with, with Duke is Duke is first of all going to be on television 87 times. And remember, Duke, really doesn't have a point, Duke doesn't have a point guard. And as good as Bagley oh. is, and they have Grayson Allen back, Derek Thornton transferred to USC. Frank, Jan- Frank Johnson is playing, I think he's on the Jazz now. They don't have a point guard. And he's playing, he's really on the Kings, actually. Jackson's on the, on the Kings. Kings. Okay. Wait, why would the Kings take take Jackson when they had the when they drafted DeAndre Fox? That's yep, strange. they got them both. Well, That's didn't weird. didn't Duke pick up a point guard in the uh, this year as a freshman? Hold on, look at the roster. That's I was Duval, almost sure they Duval picked Duval. up. That's Duvall. Okay, so they do have a point guard. It just happens to be Duvall. Well, that's why I picked him as my freshman of the year. All right, fair enough. And unfortunately, Quade Green is not in the Syracuse Orange. Yes, I'm still smarting over Duke, who picked Jordan Tucker. Oh, it's a whole lot of Syracuse missing. But anyway, I agree with you that 
but there is a ton of talent on that on that Duke team, which is why I will pick them to win the the um, win the whole thing this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are stat. They remind me of the Kentucky teams. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you would have a comment there, but okay. All right, so who wins the ACC tournament? Who wins oh, the, the ACC? ACC? Who's the top team in the, the ACC? ACC? ACC is Duke. Um, Notre okay. Dame is very good with Bonzi Colson. Carolina takes a bit of a step back, especially with, with uh, Barry being injured. But at the end of the day, and Miami's decent, but at the end of the day, this is in the, not the strongest year I've ever seen for the ACC. But this, this, it's Duke. Okay. Well, here's the thing. This is your game. This is – Seth is the, uh, the expert on this. You want to talk to me about hockey, we can do hockey all day long. You want to talk about soccer, that's Seth. The best part is – we, we I don't come, know if I'm the expert on this anymore. I was the expert really? when I wasn't working – no, not the way I used to be. When I, when I wasn't working 60 hours, 70 hours a week during this time of year, it's a little bit easier. And as a kid, I mean, I still pretty well, I say this also, knowledgeable. Dude, dude, you're getting old. I mean, that I'm just not getting factors old. into it, too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> not getting, old. I'm not getting old, man. I am old. <laughs> are we even allowed to use the word dude anymore? I'm not sure. Uh, that may, I, that I, may I, go I, out I the window. I still do. Okay. <laughs> Let's put it there. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, let's chalk up the SEC. Where is it going with the SEC this year? Well, as usual, it's a, two, it's a two-team. Well, I guess for a change, it's a two-team race as opposed to usual being a one-team race. It's, it's Kentucky and Florida. And, you know, I, I can easily go in either direction this year. I mean, I guess I'll go with Kentucky because it's Kentucky and it's hard to it, – it, it's a bit difficult to go against them. When it's all said and done, Kevin Knox is going to be something special down there. And, you know, they're always just – they just reload. You know, we, we all know how this how Kentucky works. But, you know, yeah, they're, going be, they're going to be starting five – you know, there's a good chance they're going to be starting five freshmen. They brought in, to, you okay. know, quote you, Quadi Green. Uh, Diallo from uh, – is finally going to be playing. You know, two, two painful ones for you, I know. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way. That's just the way this. That's just the way Kentucky plays. And look, we're about to lose. We've lost. We're about to lose our top prospect to Kentucky, also, or potentially our two top ones for next year. So I under, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, other teams that can come into the play in the SEC are Alabama. Which has which has a good recruiting class as well as a couple of good players that are coming back and Auburn, um, not to the same extent that you're looking at Kentucky versus Florida, no question about it. But there are some. It's not just the two of them and then everybody else. There are other teams that certainly can make their case. How about in the Big Ten? I, yeah, I, but Michigan I was going to say because Miles Bridges is so far was, ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and they and they got Tuck Tuck. And how do you not love a man named Tuck Tuck at, at, at the point guard? But Florida with Chioza and Cavallo, remember this is a team that was that very well could have gone to the Final Four last year and lost in a, lost sure. very t- in a, so and they didn't lose very much. 
So, or I mean, I shouldn't say they lost a couple. They lost Canyon Barry, but in Casey Hill, but they're they're they still have a lot of talent. Um, the Big Ten, the Big Ten. Well, you start with Michigan State, and then there's really this cluster, this this cluster, whatever you want to call it, of about seven or eight teams. Um, I love my team this year. I really do. I like them much more this year than I did last year. Because um, Melo Tremble, and I, which is, and I saw this coming. I don't think was a, he's a wonderful player and he's beloved at Maryland. But this is a team that's not. This is a team that's built to move, and Melo likes to likes to walk the ball up. They're extremely. They they have two super. They have two really great players coming back. Three actually. I like my Terrapins. I I have. I think they're vastly underrated coming into this year. Um, it's Michigan State, and then it's probably Northwestern, Purdue, and Maryland. They're my next three. I know Minnesota is getting a lot of love, but. It's Minnesota. I just don't see it. Um, they they lost to Middle Tennessee State last year in the first round. They're talented, but they're not a team I look at and I'm overwhelmed by. And also, Wisconsin has still has Ethan Happ, so you can never really walk. They always seem to overachieve. I know, because and what about Wisconsin. Michigan? No, nothing coming from Big Blue? Nah, they'll be fine. I mean, they'll be – they <laughs> lost – I mean, they – they have some. They have talent. No, they're a better. You know, Bayline always brings in a good team, but not always. They're not a team I look at and I'm just overwhelmed by. But they will be. They'll be in the running for. There's going to be a lot of teams in the running for under under. Uh, what do you call it? Under Michigan State, but it's Michigan State's to lose. Okay. What about the Big Twelve? Is Kansas winning for the 80th time? Well, of course. Of course they are. Who else is All going right, to All right, so who – well, that was going to be my next question. Who's coming in second? Probably West Virginia. Um, that, uh, Texas has just never really jumped and has never really made the jump under Shaka Smart. And TCU has been shockingly decent with Jamie Dixon coming back there. But for all intents and purposes, but they, it's the same. It feels like the same thing every year. Kansas and Baylor and West Virginia fight fight for the. Kansas inevitably wins. Baylor gets knocked out in the first round by some horrendously mediocre <laughs> mid conference team. Kansas gets quote unquote upset, and then West Virginia ends up in the final eight. And everyone it's says how tough they I- are and how. I'm, sorry. I'm looking at Michael Michael Beller's preseason brackets here on SI.com. So okay. you, you said ba- Baylor always gets knocked out by some non-essential team. He actually has Baylor in the 5-12 game against Vermont, which would be the perfect concept for what you're looking for, is the 5-12, five-team, generally one or two of the 5-12s gets knocked out, the, the five-seeds. So okay, and, and there's, there's only one comment that can ever be made for a 5-12 with Vermont. Sorrentine from the parking lot. Huh? That was a 4-13. We weren't a 5-12. Was it a 4-13? Yeah, Vermont was a 4-13. But they Vermont 12-13, whatever it is. 
it still goes back to TJ's so, team. <laughs> you really just are, are looking to get me out of the country. Like, and, and it's not going to be that hard. I leave in two days. <laughs> You're looking to get me out of the country, um, at least for the, for, the, for the tournament. But hopefully I'll have some Islanders action picking up around March because it certainly won't be Syracuse in, in the tournament. But, okay, so let's look at the Big East, or the formerly known as the Big East. So you have the normals, right? You have Butler, you have Xavier, um, Creighton. I mean, all three probably making the tournament, but Seton Hall. But who's who's going to rise to the top of that division or that conference? Probably. Excuse me. It, it, probably. It does too. start. It does kind of start and stop with Villanova. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Oh, they've look, they've lost talent with uh, with Bridges leaving. With Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins leaving, but they still have Jalen Brunson. Seton Hall has really built a nice team this year, and you know, and now it's probably another guy who Kevin Willard, who I probably should have put in the running for Coach of the Year. You know, they have Kadeem Carrington. I, we went, to, I went to go see them play last year. They were really solid, and this is a team with four starting seniors. And whenever you have seniors good things happened. So, Villanova, oh, then I have awesome Seton Hall number two. So, LIU should be very well because they got five seniors as well as Adelphi. Yes, because when I think, when I think of, 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 when I think of those kind of teams, by the way, how do you know Adelphi has five seniors? I don't. I was just throwing a team out, but I've got to think they probably have five seniors somewhere on the team. <laughs> That is probably they're Delphi. They didn't go. Pro. They didn't go pro. No, they, didn't they did have not. Four. They're they're not Kentucky, where they're just turning over. I was just seeing how well I could I could play that argument. Okay, the the WCC, Gonzaga and everybody else. You know, it's usually Gonzaga, then a half step behind them is St. Mary's, and then everybody else. Um. Gonzaga is going to take a bit of a step back, obviously, after last year's unbelievable season. Um, you know, just a shame, just an awful championship game. Really a terrible championship game. But St. Mary's is going to be pretty good again. And, you know, I'm waiting for Randy Bennett to get a job he probably deserves after. Man, he's been, in, he's been there, it feels like, forever. But they still have Calvin Hermanson, who's a they still have Jock Landell, who's just a huge dude. And, you know, Gonzaga loses a decent amount. I forget if Williams Goss is still there or not. And the, but they're, 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 they're Gonzaga. They're always going to be, they're just that consistently always going to be. I'm actually looking it up quickly to see who's, to see who's back. But Josh Perkins is still going to be there. Silas Nelson is still going to be there, but they do lose a lot, which is why St. Mary's is going to make a run at them this year. Okay, that's fair. Absolutely true. So let's look. You got your final four. First of all, who are the one seats? Give me four one seats going forward. Michigan State, Arizona, Duke. We didn't talk about – we actually didn't talk about the Pac-10 at all. Um, oh, Arizona, we did not. Duke. I'm sorry. Well, we well we said 
we said USC as well. We said them well, I, in I said with Andy Enfield. Right, right. That we touched upon them. So okay, so you have USC winning the Pac-10. No, I have Arizona winning the Big Ten. The Pac-10. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, Arizona winning the Big Ten. Okay, Pac-10. Yeah, Arizona Ooh. between the rookie, uh, the freshman Upton or Aiden and Alonzo Trier. Them coming off a really that is going to be a bitter team. After their their sweets after their loss to Xavier last year, because that was should have been the year that they made the Final Four, and Sean Miller, uh, you know, he's kind of gotten under a little bit of scrutiny because of the some because of the scandals that have gone on. <sighs> if it's not this team, I don't know when it's going to happen. Let's put it that way. Okay, so who do you got going for a Final Four? I have to step out from it. I will be right back. Seth's going to give me his preview on the Final Four, and I'll be right back. Wow. He's, I get the microphone all to myself. I don't know what to do with such pressure. Um, okay, my Final Four is Arizona finally makes it. Michigan State, uh, led by Bridges. Who else do I like? I think you go with Duke as as – Sean said they have so much talent coming in with Bagley and I had brought up Trevon Duvall Grayson Allen is back and we didn't I mean we're kind of going through this pretty quickly but they also brought in Gary Trent and Wendell Carter more freshmen and then I'm going with Florida actually as the as kind of my dark horse final four team and then that you know led by Chio is a led and just a, a tough team. And then I like Michigan State over Duke in, in the finals. Um, Izzo, this, seems, this feels like an Izzo kind of year. You know, they have, they have some depth. They have, they have top-tier talent. And, look, this is a team that has made Final Eight, Sweet 16, you know, with lesser talent. And, you know, there was a year or two years ago when they, when they had Denzel Valentine, who was the National Player of the Year, um, and lost with, I think it was East Tennessee State or whoever, one of those mediocre ones. Um, you know, they've, they, haven't had a, they haven't had that kind of talent other than Valentine in a long time. So I'm going right. to Michigan State. Yeah. You're back. I, I, I enjoyed I, my 45 I'm back. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Anyway, <laughs> I am back. So you, so you picked your, your final four. 45 seconds. Uh, your wife only gets 45. Oh. Anyway, there you go. What a good day. What a good okay. day. Thank you. Okay, so uh, my final four. Well, my one seeds are Arizona. We we talked about me picking Wichita State, so I'm going to have Wichita State in there, Michigan State, and Duke. So those are my four number one seeds. As far as my final four is concerned, I think I think Kansas makes the final four as a two seed. Um, Arizona makes it as well. Uh, you know, I love Villanova, but do I go with the number one and the number two in that bracket? I I, I have Villanova and Michigan State in the same bracket, obviously. Uh, I'll I'll pick Michigan State, and then Duke's just too good. So I have two, three. Did you put together brackets? No, I'm looking at I'm looking at this bracket that CNNSI has. So I'm assuming okay. that they have a bracket. So I know Villanova will likely be a number two seat. Okay, so I'm just putting them in one of the brackets and saying, okay, if I 
if I have Villanova in there, who am I not having in there? So let's assume the so those four we have Arizona, Michigan State, Duke, and Kansas uh, in the final four, three number ones. And look, if Kansas is in a number one, they're likely to be a number two if they win the Big Twelve. So the, so then I have. And I believe it or not, I have Michigan State winning the whole thing. Well, that's who I had, so I kind of believe it. No, so there you go. You walk away from 30 seconds, you didn't hear it. So. I, I did State. not. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, Well, depending on where the brackets are situated, uh, at, in this particular bracket, Michigan State and Duke are in the same uh, side. Yeah, so I'm I'll take mi- assumption. Uh, I'm not under the assumption that's going to – that the Sports Illustrated preseason bracket is going to be the exact one how is how it plays. Correct, out. correct. Which is why I can't say who they're playing against or over, but I'll say that Michigan State does win the whole thing. So you can have your Final Four most likely if you picked one seeds, and then um, yep, and then I got them. So okay, so here's two more questions, and then we'll wrap up this college basketball preview. Which team is going to surprise you this year? Which team is going to be a number two or a number three seed, and they're going to come out of nowhere to do it? Well, that was US. That was USC. That's why I. That didn't was USC for you. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay, uh, I will have Xavier. I think Xavier is actually a better team. I think they'll be either a three or a four. Uh, they're generally between the five, six, seven, or even lower than that. I got them as a four seed in recent times. Um, okay, so who's the disappointment? Who's the team that probably doesn't make the tournament? Syracuse. <laughs> They're not a disappointment. They're not supposed to make the tournament this year. I'll tell you um, who I don't think makes the tournament. I don't think Missouri makes the tournament. Well, this is Missouri is the uh, Ben is the LSU slash Washington Ben Simmons slash Markel Fultz syndrome. Hey, Sue, that's where you're going with that. Well, I'm just going. I'm just going with the fact that they are based entirely on freshman players. Yeah. Their entire team is based on freshmen. So, in some ways, yes, I think they have more than one freshman there. I think they have actually three, including Porter and his brother. But yeah, I don't. I, I basketball is a team game. I'm not sure. If, and and Kentucky for somehow has enough talent that it doesn't matter. But if you only have two or three of those guys, you don't win. I don't think Missouri makes the tournament. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I have no real argument with it until they do something. You know, it's it's just it's hard for them. You know, it's hard to see. And you know, we, look, we haven't seen Porter play yet. We've heard all the stories, and look forward to it. But I don't know, man. I, I like my Maryland team. I'm really I'm kind of stoked for this year. Bummed about that they're going to lose their, their big their uh, their two or three big uh, prospects, but I, I should be a fun year for as a Terp fan. Will you be going to any games? Uh, if there, are, I'm not going to be going to the Syracuse Maryland Syracuse game at Syracuse. Nor will I. Nor will I. Because uh, I believe although we may have to get, we may have to get a beer to watch the game together if you're here or you're well, doing your vacation see, at that. I, point. I'm going to go look at that schedule right now and see when that is, but I, I have a November feeling it's... 20, I think it's November 27th, but I could be wrong. Well, that's, yeah, a, November that's 27th. a Monday. It's a Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be back. 
that'll be I'll, I'll be back that that Sunday night. So that Monday, <laughs> here we go again, back to where we were with the fantasy football draft. <laughs> There you go. The day after. Uh, well, the day after. I know you miss me so, so much that you want right after I'm gone for two weeks to see me the day that I get back. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on bated breath over it. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you're gonna be gone for two and a half. Wait, you're gonna be gone for two and a half weeks this time, or just two? Um, leave, uh, well, in, in I'm gonna be gone for. Go be gone for sixteen days. Okay. And most importantly, do you have your checklist of ready to go? Am I going to be reading seven-page blog? Am I going to be reading seven-page blog entries on a daily basis? You don't have to read anything, my friend. <laughs> uh, let's be clear: you don't have to read anything. The blogs will come out. There will be less free time on this trip than there has been on the other trips. There will be no jumps on this trip at all. I have been forbidden Sorry. to do any jumping by my uh, by my doctor. There hopefully will be ATVing, and there will be water parking, but there will be no uh, there will be no bungee jumps. It's unfortunate, but because when I when I think of health when I think of healthy, I think of ATVing <laughs> and me falling <laughs> off the ATV like I did last time and me just uh, and me just laughing. Uh, but because you don't laugh at everything else I do. That is true. But yeah, so uh, next week we'll have a a regular show. Uh, It might be at eight o'clock instead of seven o'clock on, on Tuesday, which will be uh, Wednesday for me in Malaysia. And then the week after we'll have a similar type show with me in Singapore. So we're taking the show. Well, I'm taking the show on the road. Seth, not so much. Seth's taking the show with oh. Jake. That's that's really yeah. all that matters. Oh, that is the big news. At 10 we o'clock miss him. last night. We, well, you miss him. I do not miss him because I see him. Oh, I miss him right now. Where is he? Jake is with the nanny. Um, <sighs> but Jake took his first steps yesterday. What? Jake walks for the first time. Yep. In the middle of the airport. Did you get it on camera? We did not, unfortunately. Uh, um, but we were in the American Express Lounge, and I was watching the football game and drinking a beer, and Jake just started walking. Took five or six steps, looked about as, looked about as comfortable as me taking five or six steps after about a 12-pack <laughs> of beer. But he did get about seven or eight feet in before falling, and he was really good on the. Tr- he was pretty good on the trip, except now he's in the. I don't want to sleep. I want to sleep with mommy and daddy phase, which I am not pleased with. Oh, Crowley on the other hand, on the other hand is pretty happy. I know. So <laughs> I can understand that. So because Jake I mean, will be a mama's boy. Jake's gonna be a mama's yeah. boy. No, Jake's Jake's gonna be a little player. He he's he he tried to kiss the waitress. Uh, we were at the dinner last night. Yeah, he's got more game than Dad ever did. So, you know, what can you do? But we got about five minutes left, and I'll let you start because you're going on You know, last time so. we did that, you had nothing to say. So after I was yeah, done. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I'm not sure okay, how much so I, I got to say something. this time, but. Okay, for those that went 
two miles this past weekend, including a number of my Facebook friends. Congratulations. Finishing the New York Marathon is quite an accomplishment. Uh, going through all five boroughs, starting in Staten Island, then over to Brooklyn, uh, Queens, the Bronx, and then back to Manhattan for the Central Park, especially in the conditions that were going on. It was a nice, cool day, but there was some mist and some rain later in the, in the, in the afternoon. I understand the torture that you guys go through in training this, uh, training for this. I understand how much it hurts to run that race. But I can only imagine the euphoria that you have, since I haven't done it in almost 10 years, the euphoria that you have when you finish. It is an amazing accomplishment. You should be so proud of yourselves, and you should just look at that medal with just happiness, always, uh, as I look at mine. So a very hearty congratulations to the bunch of you for surviving what I believe not, not even running, surviving, because marathons are a survival for surviving the most grueling race I've ever run. And get out the vote. I wasn't joking about that. Get out the vote. Okay, Seth, you're up. All right. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, you know, two, three, four teams in the running for the uh, playoff out of the Big Ten. Now we're barely looking at one. Penn State goes down <laughs> to Michigan State. Ohio State gets annihilated by Iowa. And now we're stuck with Wisconsin, and stuck is really the right word. They're undefeated. Their strength of schedule is 73, and they currently haven't beaten a team, haven't beaten a ranked team. Um, they play Iowa this week and Michigan next week, so this all may be moot. But there is a really good chance that they're going to go undefeated without a top 50 win. Um, or without, and that leads to a really interesting point question of, well, if you're a 12 and 0, your 12 and 0 is really, really bad. Does that, where does that stand versus an 11 and one team that beats three or four top 20 teams? And well, you know, this do, is always, they do the, have a big 10 championship, right? They do have a big 10 championship. Yeah, game? but there's also a ch- there is, but there's also a chance the top that team may be Michigan or Michigan State, and Michigan State's mm-hmm. barely ranked at this point. And Ohio State is, I guess, Ohio State is still ranked. They're probably, yeah. There's not one team. You know, it's it's an interesting situation. They may end up similar to what Iowa was a couple of years ago. Iowa had beaten nobody and was 11 and 0. And then played Michigan State in, in, in the Big Ten championship and in a horrendous game. So I want to I want to close this up and you know wish Sean the best of luck on his trip. And Sean, I need to talk to you for thirty seconds after the show because I have a, a fantasy football question that I'm actually stuck on. <laughs> and, and everyone go out to vote. Uh, congrats to Jake for walking. Can't believe Josh Gordon is actually going to be reinstated. For Sean Palmer, this is Seth Cameron's on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.